What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Hey, yo, listen, this is episode 39 of V Forever. Everybody, welcome to the show. I'm your host, V, and we in the place to be right now. Listen, everybody, follow me on Instagram at V Forever Network, Twitter at Young V Forever. That's Y U N G V, the number four ever. Listen, let's get it started already. V Forever at uh, YoungVForever at gmail.com. We got to get it going. We got to get it going because we got to get that content. <laughs> we got to get that content. Everybody's trying to give out content. Payday, payday. Everybody wants payday. That's what Canelo be saying when they be, like, calling them out. Payday, payday. Listen, I want to go straight into something. That way we don't talk about it because, okay, I waited till the last minute last time. And I said, you know what? Let me uh, let's not let's not spend the whole episode talking about this one subject. So let me put it in the back burner. This time, I'm putting it in the front front burner, front burner, the the front side, the front of the grill. And we got to talk about something because WrestleMania had two nights. And if you didn't see it, you missed out on a whole lot. There was a lot that happened. I mean, it was too much even. I They don't need two nights. There was so much going on. The return of Cody Rhodes, great stuff. That's good. Uh, Becky and Bianca Belair. Becky, uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. That was great. And then the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is where I want to stay at. Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. On night one, Kevin Owens, a great wrestler. He's great. He's great. I like him a lot, actually. He uh, he challenged Stone Cold Steve Austin in Dallas, Texas to a fight. He starts talking his crap. It's a, it's a show called The KO Show. You know, it's a segment where he just talks his crap. And he... Immediately, and we're two minutes in, right? So they're <laughs> like two minutes in, and we're, we're already almost in the meat and potatoes. He he talks about how Texas is a wasteland, how it's the worst place in the world, and then Stone Cold comes out. And it was like 79,000, 75 or 79, one of those, I think 75,000 people in attendance. Real numbers? I don't know, you know? It's hard to tell when you're in a stadium like that, like the Cowboys Stadium. I believe that was the Cowboys Stadium. Yeah, Dallas. Anyway, he comes out and so many people are roaring. 
like I wish I was live. I wish I was there live because I feel like there's like how can you with that many people, I feel like it's like you can only tell what's going on in your region. Like I, I think that's where the separation begins. You know what I mean? Because it's like on the other side of the world, there might have been an earthquake, but we didn't feel it. Uh, on the other side of the world, there might have been there might be traffic, but we don't experience it. Somebody a tree fell in the forest. Did it make a sound? That's what I'm trying to say. Like proximity. How do we how do we know what's going on? Even in this open audience, I feel like it's a big enough place to where you don't really hear the cheering of everybody down there as much as you hear your own section well i mean literally that's how sound works but i mean like they don't exist like you probably even if your section was quiet you probably didn't hear those people down there that's what i'm trying to say maybe i don't know if that's the case but i feel like it was big enough that area was big enough to where especially when you see like these live vlogs um of wrestlemania you I don't know if video does it justice, so you'd have to be live to feel that roar. But even here, you can hear the roaring of the crowd. Like, when that glass broke. Well, first of all, there was a Monday Night Raw where Kevin Owens came out in a bald cap, and he acted like he was stone cold. The glass broke. Everybody cheered. You could hear that. And that's in an arena. So you could tell that everybody was pumped. And if you were there, you'd be like, okay, this is crazy. But in a in a stadium, when you hear it and you can hear, it sounds so, it sounds like you have to be there to experience it almost. Because it sounds like nothing you'll, you'll ever hear if you're there live. I say, I think I experienced that too when I was at the, because I don't even remember the Kanye West show, like the, uh, the Life of Pablo tour, when people were cheering. I feel like I could only hear my section in the sense that the people on the other side or the people that were under the platform even, they didn't matter. You couldn't hear them over the music. So it was like everybody was in their own sections and vibes kind of thing. That's kind of what I'm getting at. If anybody's good at science, just <laughs> tell me how, how that works. I mean, it, it's, it sounds clear that that's how it works. Like, you can only hear what's at your proximity. But what's the distance where you just lose people at? You know, I I don't know if, if I'm making sense right now. But let me keep going because maybe you already got what I was saying. But let me further explain to myself. So you can hear, you can't hear somebody like in an arena. You're at the top. People are at the bottom. You can't really hear their cheering. So you think that the people at the bottom are being quiet. Um, even if your section isn't being loud, you still can't hear the people at the bottom. Why is that? What? Why does sound travel in that way? Even if you're quiet, you're too far to hear these people, and it's not even that far away. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has experienced that in an arena or even paid attention to that when you were at a live show. But pay attention to that. Pay attention to how you and your odd your you and your section, you are your own family there. That's the beauty of a wrestling show though. So because because when I was at a wrestling show last time, that's how it was. Last time I was at a wrestling show, we were pretty close to the ring, but it was like our section, we're a family here. 
we're gonna cheer everything we do is like what we do we can't even tell what's going on on the other end and i think it's just probably just paying attention to things i'm sure that we could have heard it if we were paying attention but still anyway the people lose their minds likely because i mean well not likely it's because stone cold steve austin is probably the most popular wrestler of all time probably well not with moveset but with everything else probably the greatest wrestler of all time and he he is like he's he's who you think about when you think about wrestling that's just a fact you're thinking stone cold the rock john cena the undertaker triple h who else who else nobody's thinking hulk hogan anymore that man is a whist man whist man nobody thinks about hulk hogan andre the giant rest in peace but you know who do you as a casual fan who do you think about you know I pray that, but uh, you know, Batista's in there. I pray that sometimes Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio cross your mind. You know what I'm saying? Those were that was a duo that you know. But then, yeah, I'm getting into the you know the weeds, the non-casual fan in me, and I'm not gatekeeping here. But if you're a casual fan of something, own up to that. It doesn't matter. I'm a casual fan of uh, basketball. Super casual, super casual fan of. Uh, football as in super bowl only if i watch the full super bowl super casual fan of soccer meaning world cup only super casual fan no no no, no. actually i'm a i'm a casual fan of boxing oh no i'm a little bit a little more because i'll watch more than just the big ones um I'm an MMA fan, for sure. By the way, there is a fight uh, on Saturday night. Um, Alexander Vol Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. Aljamain Sterling versus um, Pyotr Jan. Hamza Shamaya versus Gilbert Burns. It's kind of a it's kind of a good one, but still, listen, we're back to wrestling, the real show, the real sport that, that we all love. We're talking real sports now and entertainment. Stone Cold Steve Austin is getting that roar from the crowd. He goes on one side of that stage, puts his fingers up, not the middle fingers. The crowd goes wild. He puts his index fingers up, two index, one index finger. I was like, maybe that's because it's the Lone Star State of Texas. No, I think it's because he got censored from that. He still did do the birds a couple times, but I'm pretty sure they told him not to do it. He goes on the other side of the stage, does the same index finger point. Woo! Everybody is losing their minds. Everybody's losing their minds. He goes down the ramp a little bit. And Kevin Owens is looking like annoyed. He leaves. Stone Cold Steve Austin turns around and goes back into the, the stage, pretty much. Back into the backstage. And we don't see him. But everybody is still losing their minds. And Kevin Owens is, like, laughing, like, oh, he ran away from a fight. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes back in an ATV. The crowd, if you could hear them lose their minds when that glass broke when they saw the atv for some reason that added like 1000 decibels 100,000 decibels uh to a volume measurement to the crowd noise 
and everybody was there. That was that's like a dream. Like I want to be at a show where everybody's just there. Even though every show I've been at, everybody has been pretty much for the most part participating. Because I've done, I've been to club shows, one arena. But this is music. Everybody's there for the artist, you know. When I, when you watch wrestling, you never know. But I've been to a SmackDown where it was like, you know, okay. And then Extreme Rules one time where it was like, okay, they're trying. But, and it was, these were like shows that I wouldn't have watched on TV. So they weren't even that good, but whatever. Uh, Stone Cold gets on that stage and he has the crowd in the palm of his hand. Any word he says is getting everything. Every reaction, the crowd's going, what? They love him. But Kevin Owens is like, even though I have a bad back, I did come here to challenge you to a match. A no-holds-barred match. That means no rules. And listen, I think, I'm pretty sure Stone Cold is like 57 years old. Something like that. Because I know The Undertaker is like something like uh, 57 or something like that. And I didn't think I'd see him fight. He hadn't wrestled since, what is it, WrestleMania 19? Uh, yeah, something like that. I could look in my notes to see the exact the exact thing. It is, uh, let me see. Let me see if it's WrestleMania 19. I believe it is. Stone, nope. Okay. <laughs> WrestleMania 19. WrestleMania 19. What is the main event of WrestleMania 19? I was right. I shall never doubt myself again. WrestleMania 19 was his last match. That was in 2003, man. And believe it or not, or believe it, because why wouldn't you? That's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> that was a great match anyway, but he hasn't wrestled and he hasn't tried to wrestle since 2019, or since WrestleMania 19, 2003. Every other time he comes to the WWE, it's to stunner somebody and walk away, drink a bunch of beers and leave. This time he did a real match. And let me tell you, when he started doing that classic mud hole stomp, it looked a little bad. He looked a little old. He did look old uh, doing things. He doesn't look old physically because he was always bald. He looks like he's taking care of himself. His weight's good. So it's like it's in the movement. You can tell he's old because, like, you know, I mean, his skin's got a little bit of leather going, you know. But it's like you can tell in the movement that he's older, that he needs those knee braces for sure. But. One thing that broke my heart is the new WWE stuff, you know. Um, WWE has been, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but they're the only brand, sure, they're the biggest brand, but they're the only brand that disrespects their own wrestling. You know, it's like a, it's like a show. WWE seems like it's a show that is reluctantly adding wrestling to it. Like, when you saw Stone Cold beating the crap out of Kevin Owens, all those camera cuts, it was so many camera cuts. One angle, another angle, another angle, another angle, another angle. And it's just switching so much while watching Stone Cold at one place doing just punches or stomping him. 
it was like it was heartbreaking because you never thought you'd see Stone Cold like that. <laughs> like, like it's like, man, we are in 2022. Like, it was like I was, I felt like a kid, and then when Stone Cold uh, started getting those camera cuts, I was like, yep, this is 2022. I am an adult, actually. <laughs> I <laughs> no, it was like it was literally like that. Like, I was like, oh my god. And then when you see the camera cuts, you're like, yep, I am a 26 year old adult still watching wrestling, huh? Like, like, like this, this, uh, this world really isn't for me anymore, is it? It is though. It's just not the WWE. Apparently, they don't want me anymore. But I'm gonna try to stick to them because there's stuff that I liked. Stone Cold won the match. He stuns the piss out of uh, Kevin Owens. He drinks the beer. He gets his like brother in the ring. He. He took a couple bumps. He got suplexed on the concrete. And here's the thing, you sons of bitches. All of you who think it's fake, you cannot take a bump like that. Get a suplex. Land on your back and ass. Back ass and legs onto concrete and fake that shit. You got to be a stupid son of a bitch to think that's fake. Because I've been on the concrete. There's no padding on the concrete. When you're in the crowd, they were in the crowd and did that. I've been on there. That's a regular ground. <laughs> That's a regular ground. You have to be a stupid son of a bitch to think that that's fake. Now, if you think it's predetermined, you're a smart guy. But anyway, night two comes. I'm almost done with night two. That was night one. They were the main event. It was such a good time. It was such a good time. Night two, end of night two. Pat McAfee, that football player guy, has a match against Austin Theory, like I said last episode. Austin Theory loses to Pat McAfee. Great moves. Moonsault and shit. These celebrities, man, they're taking it serious. I love it. I love how celebrities are taking it serious, and they're like, well, the WWE world, there's fighters even that are looking at pro wrestling like, I think I could do something here. I think I could make some money here and have a career here. Not Ronda Rousey because she's shit. Yeah, fuck her. Anyway, <laughs> fuck, yo, fuck Ronda Rousey, yo. You know why? Do you know why? Because fuck Ronda Rousey. That's what I want to say. And I, I'm never going to say a good thing about her ass. Was she a pioneer? I don't give a fuck because I almost said something nice about her ass. Anyway, Vince McMahon takes his shirt off after Pat McAfee wins. And starts beating the piss out of Pat McAfee. So interesting. This was probably the first time you see Vince as an old man. Like, as an old man with old man arms and old man skin. <laughs> like an old man. But it was like, he's kind of ripped though. It was so weird. Like, he looks, he looks definitely good for his age. 76. He definitely looks good for his age. But... He looked old, of course. They're beating the shit out of him. Vince McMahon gets a ref in, pins McAfee, gets the three count. No chance. That's what you got. No chance in hell you got. <laughs> anyway, Stone Cold's glass shatters. Fuck yeah. That's what I said, literally. Boom. Freaking 
And you knew what was going to happen. Stone Cold looking straight at McMahon, walking down that stage, the crowd's going, ape shit, bape shit. <laughs> ape shit ain't shit. And Vince McMahon, great actor. You know what I'm saying? He looked as scared as he looked in the Attitude Era back in the late 90s when Stone Cold was clearly going down that stage to whoop his ass. But this time, he's like, he's scared because he knew he was doing the wrong thing and Stone Cold's going to come in and rectify the situation. But he's like, well, it's been so long. Let us uh, let me see if I can be friends with him. Stone Cold goes in, immediately stuns the piss out of Austin Theory, then gets beers and gives Vince a beer. Vince starts chugging some beer. Mid-chug, Stone Cold stuns Oh, no, no, no. Let me, let me lay the table out. We're 20 minutes in. I might as well lay it. Stone Cold gives him the gut kick before the stunner. Vince, like, gets pushed. He, like, loses balance, gets pushed back, back into the ropes. Stone Cold grabs his neck so that he's like, let me help you get balance before I stun you. He goes for the stunner. Vince McMahon. Even in his younger years, had the worst stunner. Like, when he got stunned, it looked awful. It looked like shit. But this one was the worst one of all time. And I think that, I think that that's something to be happy about. Just to, know, just to know nothing's really changed. Vince McMahon, if Vince, Vince McMahon would have never actually sold it well. Honestly, I don't know why he got on his knees. <laughs> he did, man. Uh, but I, but when I saw it, I was like, that makes sense. He's old as fuck. He shouldn't be getting stunned like that. He, you know, he, he could hurt himself. But the way his knees went, he could have hurt himself. Yeah, he could have definitely hurt himself. Sorry, I was looking at some. He could have definitely hurt himself and. Stone Cold starts doing his uh <laughs> the beer fest. It's WrestleMania, you know. It's night two. It's the last thing before the main event, Roman Reigns, Rock Lesnar. We're not gonna talk about that. Great match. Roman Reigns won. Great match. He injured himself. Whatever, we talked about it. Anyway, the beers are happening. He's inviting people on stage. They come on stage. He stuns the piss out of them. <laughs> Pat McAfee goes on in the ring to celebrate with him they start drinking some beer mid chug pat mcafee gets a stone cold stunner you can he like <laughs> that was actually a good sell of the stunner too he gets out of the ring he's like on the ground and then it cuts to him while stone cold is celebrating he's like chugging a beer while unconscious it was hilarious it was all good and wrestlemania was entertaining but it doesn't need to be two nights that's my review it was very good. Like, WWE's going to give you a good WrestleMania. Unless they have a shitty WrestleMania. <laughs> like, unless they're bad, they're going to give you a very good one. But I think that's it. Let That's enough of, of WrestleMania, though, right? Like, we don't have to talk about that. That's enough wrestling talk. For a while, you know. We don't have to talk WrestleMania for a while. There's some new music that came out. Um... I haven't heard the Dreamville uh, DJ drama mixtape all the way. I haven't heard 
Vince Staples' Ramona Park broke my heart. I'm going to listen to that today because I, I was very high on the Vince Staples album, Vince Staples. So this is probably going to be an evolution. I heard Alicia Keys' uh, City of Gods, her version, by herself. Great. Classy. Legendary. She's the best. One of them. I heard Action Bronson is coming back, you know. He has this song called Sub-Zero. So good. I'm such a fan of Action. Man, and and this is where we get to it. Because there's Action Bronson, there's Jack Harlow. Because the, Jack Harlow has a song called First Class. Very good, too. It's something about rappers with personalities. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of rappers with personalities. Like, they don't really have personalities. Like, uh, it's a weird thing. These guys come in like zombies. Like, when you hear a new rapper and they just rap about the same thing the next guy does, you hear them in an interview and they just have this thing about them where they're like, you know. You know, it used to be the entertainers used to be just happy to be there and would give you something. <laughs> these guys, these guys nowadays, they're like, uh, I don't know, maybe they're just high. I don't know. I don't know. But they it give they give you nothing. They really give you nothing to work with. I listen, I just talked for 20 fucking minutes about pro pro wrestling. I know the shit you do isn't isn't real. And if you do shoot people in the face till their face falls off, you're going to jail soon because that's what's been happening to these rappers. Uh they come in with cases already. Their exposure gets more people on the case. And they go to jail or die before they before they reach the pinnacle. These record labels, if they're not independent, some of them are independent. But these record labels keep all that shit. They keep all that shit, make money off that bitch, and keep it rolling. Get the next guy. Let's get the next guy who has a troubled past, right? There has to be some rappers or musicians that want to be entertainers. Like, we get it. Some people, people are trying to make it out of their situation. That is a that is the most classic sense. That's the most classic story that was ever told. The person at the bottom who's trying to make their way to the top. That story has been told and will be told till the end of days, to the end of the earth. That story will be told. Everybody starts at the bottom and is working their way to the top. Limited opportunities, chances less than some. Uh, life has hurt, hit them hard, and they're reaching the top. That is a story that anybody can get behind. The underdog story. Anybody can get behind that. What people can't get behind, or these kids can get behind. I don't, I don't know why. I, I guess the kids... The kids can get behind it, I guess, uh, this idea of a uh, street thug coming legit. <laughs> let me st <laughs> let me stop because I'm sounding like an asshole. Not a street thug becoming legit. Someone who is living in a life of crime becoming legit. That is a form of the underdog coming up. You know... Jay-Z did it, right? He did talk about how he, he did lose his, how many bricks? 90 bricks. <laughs> he lost his 90 bricks. And he he was a drug dealer, and he was this and that. 
he did do that. He did reach his pinnacle talking about that. And he still talks about that sometimes to this day. Hell, Pusha T raps about cocaine more than than Pusha T did last year. Like, I mean, I don't know. He's the only one topping himself at this cocaine talk. He's the only one doing it, it seems like. Those guys have personality, though. Those guys have something you could get behind. I don't know about you, but there's something about uh, – there's really something about the entertainers today that aren't entertaining. <laughs> and maybe it's me coming from – uh, like, we just talked about pro wrestling for a while. But, uh, and I'm just going to be honest with you guys. And I'm going to be honest with the world now uh, because I guess what I'm going to say is a little villainous. But I'm going to be honest because, of course, your heroes are all liars. I don't give a fuck. I'm not here to give you my money so you can get out of your situation. Like, I, listen. I'm not here to buy your album, to stream your music so that you can become rich. That's not why the fuck I care about you. <laughs> I could give a fuck. <laughs> like, I could give a fuck if you get out of the ghetto. Let's be honest. Everybody be honest with yourselves. Because, no, no, because everybody, because I'm going to sound like an asshole, but at least I'm being fucking honest. You don't give a fuck about these people. That's why you love when they talk about doing their zans till they pass out, die and come back. You, you you listen to their albums after they pass away, talking about Zans till they pass out, till they die and come back. You listen to their albums posthumously after they talk about running into niggas' houses, shooting the shit out of their faces till their faces become shit. And you don't give a fuck about their real lives. Let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be honest. As consumers, we don't give a fuck about them. Be honest with yourselves. Let's be honest. We want to be entertained. Be honest with yourselves. You want to be entertained by these entertainers. If they're not giving you entertainment, if their music is giving you entertainment, okay, at a surface level, cool. I don't need a motherfucker to be like sing song and dance, you know. I don't I don't need him to be fucking uh who is who's that guy who sang uh, who can let the sunshine sprinkle it with dew the candy man can who is that that motherfucker from the rat pack you know i don't <laughs> y'all know his name uh, sammy davis jr they don't all have to be a bunch of sammy davis juniors they sing they dance they act wow no i don't need to see that and you know what i'm tired of seeing female rappers doing choreographed dances what the fuck is that <laughs> Like, what the fuck is that? I don't need to see your fucking ass twerk anymore. We don't need to see that shit. If you're going to fucking rap, rap your fucking ass off. Let's rap, motherfucker. That's like every single one. They never start off. And Rhapsody's probably the only one who's not doing it, who eventually, if she becomes as big as she's supposed to be, who I see it as, I pray to God they don't put fucking dancers behind her and have her doing the fucking Macarena at the Grammys. Like, nobody... They, I don't need to see a, the same fucking person all the time. That's what I'm saying. That's why, that's why I like Jack Harlow. I like Jack Harlow a lot. I love Action Bronson. These people are fucking different. Action Bronson was a chef. Uh, he fucking broke his leg. He fucking, <laughs> he became a rapper. He started rapping. He has a cooking show. He cooks. He does this. He fucking does drugs. He's a, 
He's a funny guy. He has a personality. He's personable. You like to see him. You like to see him do well. You don't really give a fuck about. I no. And then you know what? This is a. This is actually a. And that's a, a life lesson for everybody. Nobody gives a fuck about your story. People can connect to your story, but if you if if you can't portray your story or give out your story, tell your story to the uh, to the audience they don't give a fuck about what you have internally they don't give a shit they don't know and they don't they have their own fucking problems oh you're depressed so is everybody the fuck else they want if you're an entertainer they want to be entertained they don't want to know that you're all right they don't want to know that, that this and that listen go to business motherfucker sorry y'all yo what happened <clears throat> I had, man, dude, it sucks when this happens, when you're like mid, you're mid thing, and then something takes you out of it. It really takes you out of it. I am sorry, y'all. Um, wow, technical difficulties suck. All right. I think I said something about go to business, motherfucker. These people want to be entertained. Uh, it's, it is important to entertain, right? It's important to entertain the crowd. Um, nobody cares about your personal life. This goes for celebrities and real persons, real people and celebrities alike. Nobody really gives a shit what you're going through in, uh, in regular life. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to these things, like your family care, your friends care, people care about you, just not the people you're trying to reach out to to make you, like, you want them to care. They don't care. You get, when you make them care, they don't care about the real thing. They care about what you gave them. Um, it, it doesn't have to be real. They care about uh, what you provide them, the service you provide. They care about that. They don't care about the person it's, uh, himself, herself. They care about the, the product. Now, that is, that is the case in life, in school, in work. They care about what you can – if you can pass – if you can do the job, if you can do the job well, if you can do the job exceptionally, if you're going to be on time, well, okay, if you're going through a hard time, does that mean you're not going to be able to come here Monday through Friday because we got to find somebody the fuck else? Because, you know, if you're having a hard time and life isn't good, you're feeling down, are you still going to be able to come in because, motherfucker, we need to do this shit. <laughs> we got a company to run. This is what people care about, their bottom line. And and you can't – I blame nobody. This is how the system is. Who do we blame for the system being this way other than ourselves? I don't know. There's there's a reason. Is there a, is there a high power in the, uh, in the government and the elite level of everything that's controlling how we feel about the life, the, our life, or what we think work is, and how much we have to work to feel like we did something – how much companies need people to be working for? Is that a thing? I don't know, man. I'm not here for that shit. I'm here to tell you that you have to contribute. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck what's going on in your head. Nobody. And th and this is that's my mental health message. Listen, you get the, get the help you need. Get the help you need to get on your feet to contribute. Because, motherfucker, they'll take you out. You don't want to participate in society, they'll take you out of society. That's the truth.
this that's my mental health message get better for you so that you can do good but just know nobody gives a fuck if you if you're doing good they care that you do good for them that's how it is and it, does that sound messed up i don't know i don't really think so anymore i used to think it's fucked up that that's how it is until until you need people to do things for you until you need people to to like do things for you where where you're dependent on people when you're dependent on people and uh, and then for some reason you know that Sorry, I couldn't do this, this, and that because I'm this and this and that and this and that and this and that. Why the fuck did we go into business together, damn it? You know what I'm saying? I understand. I understand people go through shit, but when you're in business with someone, you don't let them down because you feel like shit. You don't do that. If you don't want to do business with someone, let them know why. Give them that reason. Say, I'm not going to do business with you because I might not be reliable. And and people will respect that 12 times out of 10. You know, and I don't know. This isn't my get your bootstraps uh, message or uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, this and that. Uh, but motherfucker, if you won't, <laughs> if you won't stand up for yourself, you know, there's truth in all of these Republican ass messages that they say. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <clears throat> Is there a system in place that knocks us down? Maybe. Maybe. But what happens if we don't stand up for ourselves? Who wins? Not us. We fucking lose 12 times out of 10. I'm going to keep saying 12 times out of 10. We lose 12 times out of 10 that we don't stand up for ourselves. That was really all I wanted to say about that. And I was like, and I was saying why I like Jack Harlow and Action Bronson. Like, why I like, I don't know, the rappers of old. I don't know. Kanye West gave us personality and I don't know. It's a, I guess, I don't know. Who is the audience that they're trying to reach? You know, I, I personally and and then not everybody listens to people's interviews, but eventually you're going to be on that stage getting an award and you got to give a speech. If you're just going to say, I, mean, I, mean, like, I don't know, I don't, know. I don't even know what they're going to say. Like, what, if you're just going to get on that stage and say, blah, if you're going to go on a concert and just stand in the corner, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying do choreographed dances because I fucking hate choreographed dances now. Like, I hate that shit. Unless you're some sort of random ass pop star singing uh, bullshit. You don't have to be doing choreographed dances with thousands of people on stage. That shit makes me mad now. None of you motherfuckers are Michael Jackson. Like, like none of you are them. We've moved past that, too. And if, okay, it does add to the performance, but I don't need to see fucking Cardi B doing Britney Spears moves. She's not really... That's not her, man. Unless, okay, unless she's like, yeah, I wanted to do that. I always wanted to be like a J-Lo type of thing with a rap style. Okay. That's what you want to do? Okay, fine. But, like, seeing Lotto, Lotto, she's a, she has a good album, too. Lotto doing, like, the sing dance. Well, she's a rapper. She's a rapper. She raps well. And, like, just seeing her dance and do the bullshit, I'm like, come on. 
<laughs> you don't have to do that. People like you. Or maybe people wouldn't like her if she didn't. Well, that's that's between y'all and y'all. But fuck y'all at the same time. So what else do we have to talk? <laughs> like, what, what else should I talk to you about? Um, fucking... I'll, I'll leave my sad people at the club store for another time. Because there was this... <laughs> What yo going to the club yo, going to the club is such a weird thing. I guess maybe if you're sober it is. I don't know. You know you're there to have a good time and when you're aware of everything that's happening, you see other people, you see the, these sad looking people, you see some zombies, like you see these people and you're like, Jesus, where am I? Maybe I was just at a bad place, you know, where you're just like What's going on? Are these people okay? Are these people okay? Because, and then, I don't know. Everybody's there to, like, play the game, you know? They're trying to get lucky for the night. How often, I want to know, how often do, do people get lucky for the night when they're just standing in the corner, you know? It's got to be a bad percentage there. Like, you got to be at a club that's, like, pretty low tier, and you know most people go with their friends or significant others you gotta you really gotta like stand out a bit i feel like you gotta you gotta at least dance <laughs> at least dance your way into something you know but seeing people in the corner looking sad that that shit is kind of weird to me that's why I'll, I'll i'll just leave that for another time that's just kind of weird it's a little uncomfortable to be honest um it's like, it's like it's like, what are you? Why'd you come out? Well, I wouldn't go to the club alone. Me alone? No. Why would I do that? Why? What? People do it. People do it, and they can do it. I'm not saying don't, but I'm saying if I was gonna be at the club at the corner, I wouldn't have came to the club. Go to the go to Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Just take your ass to Buffalo Wild Wings. Have yourself a nice. Uh, a fried pickle and a, a, a eight piece wing and call it a night <laughs> you're not gonna get anything if you if you think standing around is gonna get you a girl sheesh man you've got a lot against you <laughs> you got a lot against you if you think standing around is gonna you're you're fighting the odds like you're <laughs> you're fighting against all odds right there like you I, I talked about like probably an episode or two ago about how much men have to do to get a kiss. You think standing in the club in the corner, not saying anything, not doing anything, looking miserable is going to get you anything, even a conversation? Dude, you're fighting against the odds. You got to – you're a brave soul or a stupid one. But that's enough. I'm done. <laughs> I was going to talk about that Willow thing. Fucking will, <laughs> yo, bald ass Jada's kid Willow. She was talking about. Uh, <laughs> it was like a, a weird video I saw where I don't know if she was reading it out loud, or if she or if Jada like Jada Pinkett Smith like posted it, where it was a a, a letter to to Willow Smith, the daughter one. 
did a letter to Tupac when she was a kid saying, Tupac, I wish you were alive. Uh, or Tupac, please come home. I believe my mommy misses you. And if you come home, it would make her happy. Yo, how many times? <laughs> the whole family's full of freaks, except for Jermaine. What was his name? Jermaine? Jermaine's the only one who's not a freak. That's Will's son, though. He's outside of the family. The rest of them are fucking freaks. But they, uh, how often, how many times, plus or minus 20? You know, more than 20 or less than 20? What would we say? How many times would you say Will Smith yelled at the top of his lungs, Tupac is dead? Different different inflections, which mean different things when he says them. You know, he meant it in different ways each time. Tupac is dead. It could have been a happy Tupac is dead, a sad Tupac is dead, a stern. He probably took that letter and looked at that that, that little girl's eyes and said, Tupac is dead, you know, like he could have, <laughs> Tupac is dead. Like how many times do you think Will Smith has said Tupac is dead in his own home? I would say probably plus 20, more than 20, probably more than 20. I'm thinking more than 20. I think I think 1996 was one of the best years of his life, to be honest. I think it was. I think I think 1990s because they. I think him and Jada were together for a while, and I'm pretty sure that yeah, I'm pretty sure that 1996 was probably the best year of his life. He like it was like, you know, he's he's it's done. Like, it's finally. I think he paid Diddy to pay whoever the hell killed Tupac. You know? Like, I, I mean, <laughs> let me stop. Let me leave, y'all. Listen, this is me forever. This is me forever. Everybody have a great rest of your days. Like, share this. Share this. Share this. Follow this. We're going to the moon. Follow me on Instagram at V Forever Network. Young V Forever on Twitter. Let's get it popping. Everybody. Peace. Forever.